All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is another episode of Gridiron Zeros. We're back. It's Tuesday, October 26th. We're coming off a wonderful weekend. Uh, it's crappy weather in Michigan. It's getting crappier. It's actually getting colder. Getting, getting colder, colder and wetter. I guess outside. that's the best way to say it. The sun is still out, which is nice. For now. Yeah. It looks deceptively warm outside. It's it's not. I tried to go for a walk today and I froze my ass off and turned around pretty quickly. Yeah. It's uh, as cold as our hearts are when it comes to the Lions. Oof. Yeah. I was trying uh, to think of some connection analogy to make, but you just did it for me, so <laughs> kudos to you. Um, hey, man, that's why we're the best in the game, all right? Well, I think we're pretty far from that. But anyways. <laughs> uh, so Lions 0-7 will recap the game against the Rams and just how annoying Mark Sanchez was. Um, we're going to go through um, our regular season predictions that we did – I think eight episodes ago. I think it was, it was a minute 16, ago. Yeah, 16, episode 16. So uh, eight episodes ago from this one, take a look at those and see where we're standing. The reason being that we are about at the halfway point about at of the, the season. Uh, now that the season's an odd number of games, it's like we're not, there's not really a true halfway point. So we kind of yeah. just figured, let's talk about it now because it's on our minds. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing Follow the Money, uh, which. Lucas had a very uh, successful week off off, off pod off pod. I just cannot seem to figure it out on this freaking podcast. I don't know. I'll have to look back through our notes before we do the segment because I do not know if I went zero three again. But I know for a fact I went at least zero and two. I think you've slammed a beer every other. It has show. to be up there. It, so, it really does have to be up. It would be in in theme for you to go and three again. But uh, but let's just get into it. <laughs> All right, uh, so Al, it's uh, week eight. How are you feeling about the NFL season so far? Uh, some things are going as expected. Some things are definitely not. I'd say more so not. Definitely, I would say definitely more so not. A lot more surprises than expected things to go like as normal, in, in my opinion, so far. But that's yeah. kind of why it's been a spicy year. It's been a lot of fun so far. So we're going to talk about last night uh, watching – Monday night, oh it was yeah that, that snoozer with the uh, Saints and Seahawks. It was kind of kind of nice to be able to just be like, man, Seattle and New Orleans and Kansas City are like not looking like they're going to be real contenders this year, and it's kind of refreshing a little bit of a way. So yeah, let's see how our predictions line up with that though. Yeah, so we did these predictions. I think um, maybe two weeks before the regular season started. Seems about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we went division by division, and I think. Uh, we both gave a rough prediction of the records, and then um, we went through the playoffs, gave our seedings for the playoffs, and then we also tossed out names for uh, awards at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start out with the divisions, because um, that's probably the most interesting. Um, so, Al, there was two, there's two divisions where we predicted the current team that's leading it. Okay. Would end up in fourth. 
that are actually in fourth in real life. No, no, no. They're in first in real life. We predicted oh. that they would be in fourth. All right. Well, I can guess. I can guess one of them for sure is the Bengals. Yeah, uh, that's definitely one AFC of them. AFC North. Uh, and then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Cardinals. God, you nailed it. How about yeah, that? Because I I think we were not hot on them at all coming in this year. Right now, they're looking at the best team in football. Uh, I had the Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals. You had the Rams, uh, 49ers, Cardinals. It's currently Cardinals, Rams, San Francisco, Seattle. So you at least got the Niners in the third currently. Well, oh, wait. That was me. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take the credit. It's fine. Yeah. Um, there was also – we also had a really funny <laughs> debate Um are you still sticking with, based off the little bit that you've seen so far, are you still sticking with your take that Trey Lance is better than C.J. Beathard or Nick Yes. Mullins? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. No, no further elaboration needed on that. Yeah. That was a great one. Um, AFC North, correct. We were. This is actually the first one that we were perfectly aligned on okay. throughout. Uh, we said Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. It's currently Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. So yeah, Cincinnati's Baltimore. been. I'd say they've been, they've been the most surprising yeah. team. I mean, like I know the Cardinals are are pretty big surprise at undefeated at seven and zero right now, but like the Bengals were like they were definitely considered to be I, the basement team in that division. So. My record prediction for the Bengals. Three and fourteen. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's not even going to be remotely close to that. So. And to your point, my record prediction for the Cardinals was nine and eight. So I mean, like, while it's not good, it's not three and fourteen. Yeah, right. You know, right. so I mean, like, the Bengals, and that's in a tough division too. And we didn't, yeah. you know, really give them enough. I mean, those are two of the toughest divisions right there. Yeah, you know, AFC North and NFC West. I don't think we estimated at this point in the season that. Geno Smith would be taking starting reps for the Seahawks. So uh, that definitely changes the trajectory of not only the West, but maybe even the entire NFC to a degree. Yeah. From uh, where we initially saw things. Yeah. I um, I mean, that game last night was 13-3 thir- to three if DK doesn't make that play. Dreadful. You know? Yeah. So th- that definitely hampers it. Uh, Cleveland uh, – I I don't know what to say about Cleveland. I mean, Baker being injured is probably putting them in the same exact spot. Yeah, and he uh, he's adamantly fighting to come back and play, and I think there's a lot of people right now kind of saying maybe he shouldn't. I mean, I think it's kind of – he gives them the best chance to win, but, it, you know, at what cost, I guess, for yeah. for his health and for – The know, Browns' future. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, But they still got time to right the ship here. I mean, their record's not horrible. They're just not off to the – you know, placing yeah, hot start yeah, that we absolutely. hoped they would have been off to. We, we anticipated them losing the Chiefs, but we did not think the Chiefs would go on and lose so many games in this early stretch of the season for sure. Yeah, definitely. Let's um let's talk about the NFC East and what our predictions were there. So currently it is uh Dallas with a big lead, uh five and one, and then the rest of these teams are all two and five, I believe. Washington, Philadelphia. The New York Giants. So who did who did we have as the leaders? So I had um, the Washington football team coming in first. Yeah, hook, line, and sinker. You bought it. Uh, uh, the New York Giants coming in second, and the Dallas Cowboys coming in third. I think we both probably gave the Giants a little bit more love than they definitely deserve. <laughs> Uh, I also had Philadelphia finishing with a record of uh, one in sixteen. Unfortunately, hey, here's a real question. I lo- I was looking at it today. When did they get their second win? They beat uh, 
They beat Falcons, right? The Falcons in week one. Yep. And then I can tell you if you give me a minute here. Watch watch you keep Yeah, I'll keep talking. Your predictions were um the New York Giants finishing at the top, the Dallas Cowboys finishing second, uh, and the Washington football team finishing third. And you predicted the the Eagles would get two wins. Uh so you might be on track with that one. Eagles second win came against Carolina. Oh, that's right. They won that game. What a fall from grace they've had. Gosh almighty. Well, uh, it seems like mine was a little bit closer to, to reality. I think the Giants yeah. gave a little too much pop. Uh, but, you know, going into the season, I mean, I think we anticipated them to be a lot better than they have. I mean, they've been, they've been absolutely dreadful. Yeah, you know what's shocking is that Daniel Jones hasn't been absolutely terrible this season. I mean, he did have like a four-interception game a week ago. but It was against the LA Rams. How did Goff do? Goff had two. I mean, there you and, go. and Khalif Raymond. And Khalif oh, Raymond. that's – come on. The fact that Goff had a better game than Daniel Jones, is that's a little concerning. I'd be a little concerned about that. That is pretty concerning, I suppose. You do bring up a valid point. Um, We're going to buy the kneecap Let's look off. at the playoff seating and see what we had here. Uh, I'm going to do the AFC first because we were – Far more aligned on the AFC than the NFC. See, I'm I'm willing to give us a little bit more, like a little more wiggle room with the playoffs here because we are only at the oh yeah, point. absolutely. You know, same thing with the division winners. Well, you never know. Washington could flip it around. I severely <laughs> doubt that. But. Taylor Heineke is kind of a baller. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so oh, here's what. Oh, <laughs> that's come on. <laughs> Okay, so here's what we predicted. Casey, first overall seed, they get the bye. Buffalo against the, I had the LA Chargers, you had the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then we had Cleveland versus uh, facing the Indianapolis Colts, followed by the Tennessee Titans facing off against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So it went Casey, Buffalo, Cleveland, Tennessee, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and then we were split on the last one, LA Chargers for me, Las Vegas Raiders for you. I'd say that's pretty much like a B plus A minus so far. I mean, that's maybe swap the Bengals for the for the Chiefs there. Uh let's take a look. Uh first seed is the Cincinnati Bengals. The second seed is the Las Vegas Raiders. What on a hold sorry, time out, time out. I'm just saying as far as like I'm not talking about seeding, I guess. I'm just talking about teams making the playoffs at this point. Oh, okay. We're, we're looking pretty good right now. Uh, like, we, we went five for seven in the AFC. Okay. okay. With teams that are currently seeded. Because, like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like judging seeding right now is fair. I, I think that, like, the fact that we have these people in the dance, that's that's enough of a pat on the back for me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I that's mean, fair. No one would have predicted the Bengals or the Raiders would be the top two AFC seeds at this point, you know. Yeah, we, we did. You know what? It, it's it's so odd. Uh, Cincinnati is the first seed. Las Vegas the second seed. Ten, Tennessee Titans are the third seed now, uh, and Buffalo is the fourth seed. Now, are are we insane, or were the Buffalo Bills not the most dominant team in the NFL two weeks ago? I know. Yeah, I don't know. Why they lost to the Titans, and then they are on bye week, and now they're the fourth seed. They're the fourth best division team. Well, that's I mean division that's, leader. I guess to me, that's a that's not representative of their talent level. I, I would yeah. I would put them I put them up against the Titans again. I bet they would be the Titans. I think the Titans win I that game so is too. a very much like spur of the moment victory and they and, get up for the big games, man. Yeah, they do. Titans they do. and then they drop duds like the freaking Jets. I mean, it really doesn't make any sense. Um 
So those are the four the division leaders. The game. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I love that drop. I'm just going to move on to the NFC. Okay. This is insane, you fool. Uh, so for the NFC, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as your first seed, uh, followed by the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Looking followed good. by the Los Angeles Rams. Wow, I'm uh, looking good so far. The New York Giants. Oof. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Oof. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. And the Seattle Seahawks. Not looking good. So you'll be surprised. I feel like we actually we didn't do terrible on this one. Mine went uh, very similar, but uh, it was Tampa Bay as the first seed. The Los Angeles Rams as the second seed. The Green Bay Packers as the third seed. I uh, had Washington instead of New York Giants, uh, which both those picks are looking great. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember around this point, we really were not hot on the Cowboys. I no, I I was trashing them. Yeah, their their preseason tape was awful and their back and quarterbacks yeah. look terrible and there was a bunch of Dak questions going in and ugh, I mean I remember I remember we were very not on the very train and them. it couldn't be more opposite I said point. their defense is going to be terrible turns out they're not that bad <laughs> um for my wild cards I we actually had the same three teams getting the wild cards um the Seattle San Francisco New Orleans yeah and we're looking at a situation where none of those teams make the playoffs potentially Oh, it's funny you say that. Uh, let me run through the current seeding. All right. Um, Arizona is at the one seed, obviously, undefeated. Uh, Tampa Bay is the two. Uh, so we were close on that. Uh, well, we are close on that. Uh, Green Bay is three, so we're close on that. Dallas is four. We didn't have them in the playoffs. Uh, the LA Rams are the first wild card, which uh, hopefully they turn it. They have a shocker, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy because they're what six and one. Yeah, I mean, isn't that insane? Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know what's even crazier is that I don't even know if they would have the tiebreaker over any of those teams. Well, they would over they, Tampa. Yeah, but they're not a division winner, so yeah, Tampa yeah. gets yeah, beats them out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I know now, but I'm saying like if uh, if if they end up getting the division over Arizona, currently um, Tampa I think is the only team that has they have a tiebreaker over. Okay, gotcha. Um, New Orleans is the sixth seed, so we had that one in there. Um, I mean, it's still possible. They last as of last night, they're four and two. Um, it was it was just such a butt ugly game, and they're just such a, a butt ugly, ugly team. butt ugly team. We really don't know what we're what we're getting with them. So it really feels like it's either one of two things: either the offense pops off, has a great game, and the defense stinks, or the offense stinks and the defense plays a great game. They like just can't seem to put it together for sixteen. They minutes. really should have just buried Seattle last night. To yeah, one hundred percent. Twelve, twelve man show. The up. the seventh seed. Get a, are you ready for this? Minnesota Vikings. Right now, currently. Interesting. And then Sandy. So they always, we, uh, they always find a way to just stay in the mix. They always. Do. I know it's <laughs> bizarro, but I mean, like that comes to show you that really that last wild card spot, any the second to last wild card spot. Up for grabs. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a couple teams that could go in there and nab that. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Vikings are three and three. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Washington could sneak in there. I, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I really, really don't believe in this Vikings team at all. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. <laughs> I. I believe in them so little that last night uh, I, just, I already put money on Dallas to go. Yeah, in there that's and right. Take we did. Business, so. I mean, 
Dallas, the, the hottest, really one of the hottest teams in the NFL, length only three points on the road against uh, Minnesota in prime time with Kirk Cousins. I'll hammer that. Not Captain Kirk's uh, spot to shine prime no, time, even at home. Does. I, you know, I, I got to pat myself on the back a little bit here because you I saw like- I saw the Raiders Renaissance coming. You did during this offseason a little bit. You did, and it was more so like it was more so surrounded around he who should not be named. Well, yeah, well, it was it was more so because they they cut a bunch of key offensive linemen and veterans, and I was like, all right, well, I guess they know exactly what they're doing, and like it's time for them to get going. Yeah. Was my whole thing about it, and they have done that. And now they've had a coaching carousel, and who knows where the season will go. But they've they're two and zero with an interim coach. So. Apparently, this interim coach is a real foxhole guy. You know, two and zero. Uh, so and they, they they buried the Eagles the other day. Yeah, they they, they look dominant. But. Yeah, two point spread. That was just <sighs> so yeah. disrespectful. Easy money. Um, and then let's just go over our uh, awards real quick. We're gonna kick you in the teeth <laughs> for MVPs. I had. Uh, the man who's currently uh, co-tied or tied. Why did I say co-tied? Uh, tied for. <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah, tied and co Yeah, I know. It would be the <laughs> same freaking thing. Okay. Co-leader for the most interceptions in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's not even sniffing the MVP right now. No, he's certainly not. Uh, your guy, though, uh, made a sizable jump after this weekend. Remember who it is? It's got to be Stafford, right? It's Matthew Stafford. Yeah, because I remember that they – you, you can't get the comeback player of the year just by being on a dog shit team. That's not, oh, that's not a comeback. Yeah. So, yeah, he's – but he is balling out. He's having a, a phenomenal year. So uh, He went from – Put Cooper Cup in the conversation even. Oh, right. Honestly, he's having a great year. Um, he went from plus 1,200 on DraftKings to plus 800 after this wow. weekend. Wow, wow. So, big jump for him. In one week against the Lions? I mean – I didn't we, really get it either. Yeah, what are we doing? Um, <clears throat> Coach of the Year's. Uh, I think both these guys had to be still in the running. Uh, Sean McDermott for Buffalo was my pick, and Sean McVay for the Los Angeles Rams was your pick. You know what's kind of sad to think about? Mm. Well, not sad, but just confusing, I guess, to think about is that at this point, I'd, I'd give it to Zach Taylor. Oh, how can you not? But he's been a punching bag of the podcast to this yeah, point. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> he's hey. heavily featured in the uh, in the. Coaches we can beat up. Episode. Uh, we will we will eat a lot of crow while we do this, Al. Oh um, my god! Never would have guessed that. Yeah, no, neither would I. And now you know, I know I picked McVeigh, but you fuck Sean McVeigh. I don't want him to win it. No, no. I, I love seeing him all worked up and angry on the sideline. I, I hate him now. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Wow. A, a, really a, a flip it. switched. Yeah, it's just like wow. Going into the year, I was kind of like. I don't love this guy, but I, I like Stafford, and I, they have a good team. And he, he is a good coach, so like I'll, yeah. I'll root for good football. But some something's flipped in me where I just I don't like him. I don't like his mannerisms. I don't like his like the way he presents himself to Goes the media. Yeah. Throws Jared Goff under the bus like that. I don't know. I don't like yeah. it. Hey man, understandable. Seems like a douche with a capital D. Understandable. Um, comeback player of the year. This guy is a freaking lock for it at this point. Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely in the driver's seat. I uh, mean, the guy might, the guy might get MVP for crying out loud. Well, I would argue if the if the Colts continue to get hot here, uh, you could maybe put Wentz up there too and come back. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know that it's kind of the same Stafford argument. He's you can't be getting comeback player from just being a dog shit team, but I think he has that injury stuff, right? 
Uh, Last year? Wentz? Wentz, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, injury and he sucked. So, I mean, that's why he wasn't playing. Well, he looked really good these last couple weeks, but. Uh, did you see that pick he had on Sunday? Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I tell you what, Al, you actually had uh, the most insane comment, I think, in the history of the show. You literally said, what about Joe Burrow for comeback player of the year? Did I say that? Yeah. Wow. Well, it, how can he not be at this point? Uh, I mean, wow. Great question. I mean, if Dak gets MVP, I don't think he can get comeback player of the year. If too. the Bengals sniff the playoffs, yeah. he gets MVP or he gets he most gets comeback, comeback player of the year. Yeah. The Cowboys have to like make it pretty far in there for Dak to get, you know, either. Do you like, think? I think I think geez, man, I think Burrow might be able to I mean, he's been lighting the league on fire, him yeah. and Jamar Chase. Oh, that's another take that uh unfortunately we should have to eat some crow on. Yeah, yeah. We caught we cussed the Bengals out. Said we danced on their graves. So Penny, bitch. Thank you for not drafting Penny. And and Penny's been Penny's been good this season. Yeah, Penny's been very solid for us. Um, but Jamar Chase is uh, currently on pace to be the greatest wide receiver in the NFL history. Well, I mean, you know, Jamar Chase on this Detroit Lions offense would have been. Nowhere five yard good. deacon dunks and he would have yeah. to make all, all the plays by himself after the catch it would, would not have been the show that we're seeing this season yeah. so i'm happy i worked out i will eat some crow on it we definitely yeah. shove the Bengals quite a bit for making that pick but hey man we were saying this too i mean we were like you, you can only get joe burrow's buddy once that's true and yep. you know that you can get a top end lineman or a top end receiver in most draft classes but you can only go go get joe burrow's best buddy once yeah and they did it and you yeah, know what? It's working out pretty well. So it's far. working out really well. The connection is there, man. Yeah. The connection is really there. Like they are just on the same wavelength constantly. Um, I feel like we're giving the Bengals a lot of love this show, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, they deserve it, man. They yeah. deserve it. Um, all right. Last one. We just want to quickly touch on our offensive rookies of the year. I said Kyle Pitts, who, uh, I mean, Not Jamar true. Chase is kind of. Yeah. Pulling away with it, but he's a, a close, or not a close second, a distant second, I guess. Um, yours was Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, also not looking good. But you know what, man? You don't have to eat crow on that one alone. I was big up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Urban Meyer, what a joke. Yeah, I think at this point it's got to be, it's got to be Chase. Run away. Oh yeah, I mean he's yeah. gonna be a heavy favorite. Gotta be. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's see how I did on follow the money. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it pains me to say that if you're listening to this, just fade everything that I'm picking on this freaking show. Another zero and three week. I lost another hundred dollars uh, of uh, this. Uh, fugazi money well okay but like maybe everything on the show that you picked last week was was dog trash but follow his twitter if you want some good picks because my man's won big money uh, last weekend on draft I, I think you just had to be a close friend of mine because that's i was just in the moment locking in parlays and it was just freaking hitting left and right it was unbelievable Maybe the the greatest sports betting day I've ever seen. Yeah, from the screenshots, you're sending it was it was unbelievable. Once once in a lifetime. But somehow you go zero and three but on the podcast again. Just can't figure this out. So this is a personal guarantee on the week. Uh, these picks will go three and zero. I hit. I've, I'm done with losing. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting all three of these picks. I'm thinking next week too. I, I think uh, just because of just the 
the regularity of the 0-3s for you, mm-hmm. I don't think shotgunning a beer is enough. I think you need to get a little more creative with this. Oh, yeah, maybe. I'll give you the week to think about it, but, okay. you know, going into next week, yeah. Okay, good deal. Um, So, Al, you are on the year up, like, what, 300 400 bucks. I am up uh, three forty five right now, 345. plus three forty five. Lucas is down two hundred and sixty dollars, so I'm up, but I got about a five hundred dollar gap between us right now. Nice. I'm pretty much running away with this thing. I had a two and one That's week awesome. this week. Uh, I was very close to being three and zero, oh, but the Browns uh, was was plus four, so they only won by a field goal, minus which four. was yeah. Sorry, minus oh yeah, they're four. minus four. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I lost by a point on that one, but. Uh, brutal. Um, Bengals money line was looking. Bengals money line that was looking great in retrospective. Yeah. Um. All right. So let me uh, just run through the games that we got on here. I have three road favorites for the spread, which uh, is a little dicey. But just remember, we can you can always take the home favorite if you like. Okay. Um. So for the spread, we have uh, the red hot. Cincinnati Bengals minus nine and a half at the New York Jets. Good. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys minus three on the road Sunday night football uh, against Minnesota. Oh, man. And the red hot Tennessee Titans coming off two massive victories minus one and a half against the also seemingly red hot Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think part of the reason of my recent uh, successes in this segment has honestly because you've been picking some really good spreads like just with those yeah. those couple of games i know the last couple weeks i've been really hammering those that category specifically so yeah that's um, good on you for picking those yeah maybe i gotta get out of the over-unders lots to like in, in all three of those yeah. um for the over-unders i got i feel like these ones are all pu um the los angeles rams at the houston uh texans the total is set at 48 uh pittsburgh at cleveland love that game huh uh, 42. Uh, obviously, we'll have to. That game will be impacted tremendously whether or not Baker plays. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I thought this one was kind of interesting: the Los Angeles Chargers versus the New England Patriots. Total is set at 49. Okay. Uh, and then for the money lines, uh, I figured why not Detroit plus 130 at home against Philadelphia. Um, the Green Bay Packers. I thought this one was kind of juicy. Uh, on the road against Arizona, undefeated Arizona on Thursday night football. What a sexy game! I love sexy that. game. And then finally, um, will they ever turn it around? The Carolina Panthers, after starting three 0 are now road dogs against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, you're joking! They're dogs against the Falcons. Wow! Which, uh, I was like. Sorry about that, Randy. That is atrocious. So, Al, I will uh, hand the board over to you uh, and uh, let my king go first. All right. Well, I uh, I, uh, I already know who I'm going to go with here, uh, and I really – I just have to echo how much I, I know this is going to happen. Uh, I will take uh, Dallas minus three, 100%. <laughs> And I, you know, obviously, I think one of the sexiest picks on this board is the Bengals versus the Jets. But I have so much faith in the Cowboys crushing Kirk Cousins' prime time, where he does not excel very often at all. I don't want to say ever, but it's pretty, pretty not often that he looks good in prime time. So I'm feeling very good about this one. Both and, teams coming off a bye. 
But I mean, like that. So I mean, it kind of cancels it out from Minnesota. And I feel like they're kind of a reverse of each other. Where I think the Cowboys play much better in primetime games. I wow. think that they look really good in primetime usually. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's a great stat. Maybe, maybe I, you know, maybe I was pulling that on my ass, but it's just I a feel like I you're got. right. But in all honesty, the only thing I can think back to is uh, the Monday night game against the Eagles that they did a couple weeks ago. So, so yeah, uh, putting my nuts on the table again, uh, making that my fifty-five dollar bet this week. 50, so. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, for my fifty-five, I think I. Uh, I'm gonna freaking keep Ryan Cool Joe and Jamar, man. Hello. Yeah, I, like I love them. That's the, that is the the easiest layup on here. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. As I say that, I hope it's uh, not a yeah. trap game, but it's the it's the Jets. So That's my first win of the week. Right you should there. be okay. What's your what's your dollar amount? That's on the fifty five boy. That, that's okay. solid gold. Yeah, no, it's it's it, I was between these two for a second, and it's a great great game for sure. Um. All right, number two here. Uh, well, just just because of the uh, just because of the offensive fireworks we saw from the Patriots against the Jets when they buried them this week, uh, I'll I'll take the uh, I'll take the Chargers uh, Patriots over forty nine. Like Interesting. Money. I was actually literally just about to take the under in that game. Under really? Yeah. Well, I think you can go either way on it, but the Patriots has put up fifty plus in the Jets. The Chargers are a large number. And the Patriots, uh, they're not going to put up anything near that again, in my opinion. Chargers are Though much better Though you've defense. been running away with this, so who am I to tell you what to do? Reason will prevail. Yeah, no, I'm going with the, going with the over. Uh, but I will put 15 on that. I'm going to save my 30 okay. for the end here. Kind of like that. Level, level on the like board. That, so like that. Give me 15 for the Chargers over 49. I'm going to do the under in uh, the Los Angeles Rams-Houston Texans game. I really uh, – Probably just for the sake of the Texans not being do able not, to score that uh, many points. Like, are they expecting the Rams to score 49? Well, like, the national TV sees the Lions go out there and have a productive day, but the Texans are not going to be doing the same kind of score-way-ass special, special team shit no, and all that no. nonsense. So heck no. Texans will not have as fruitful of a day, not. in my I'm, opinion. I'm going to do the 30 on that one. I, I like that. All right, sir. So you're 15. No, this is my 30. I'm 15. Oh, yeah. Time. Sorry. Yep. Uh... I want winners. Bring it, bitch. Oh, all right. I'm I'm really giving you. I'm really giving you some some rope here. I'm a little little lifeline here, and just because I have not done this on the show to this point. And I really do think it's going to happen this week, folks. Oh, man. I'm taking the Detroit Lions he took money the bait. line. He took the bait, ladies and gentlemen. This is so silly. <laughs> $30 on the Detroit Lions money line versus the Eagles, plus 130 I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, I am so... Well, you, you know what? Uh this game, we'll uh, we'll get all into the Lions game in the next segment of the oh show. Yeah. But oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I uh, this this line has already moved like a point and a half today um, because of the news that Devontae Adams is out. Um, but I tell you what, man, they're I think six and one without Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has actually done a lot better with him off the field, shockingly. Wow. Um, than with him on the field. 
Uh, so I'm going to freaking say that the Cardinals lose on Thursday night football. And uh, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers money line. Hello. I like money. This is saucy. That is saucy. Man, I, you know. And I'm putting my nuts on the table. Personal 3-0 guarantee. Book it. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, yeah. like. You're saying this personal guarantee, nuts on the table, but you're taking the most divisive game of the week. Absolutely. And I love it. Okay. That's how I roll, baby. I'm trying to get my confidence up a little bit. Uh, and I feel like, I, you know, it's much like how you did last week. I got to put my nuts on the table. Well, A-Raj owns the Cardinals. That's not true, actually. It's saucy. I mean, I, I really don't know if it'll work out. Where's that? Is it at Lambeau? No, it's in Arizona. That's even worse. Oh, Lord. Um, they're they're six-point dogs, which is fucking crazy. That's, yeah, um, that's nuts. Aaron Rodgers should never be catching six points. Um, all right, so that concludes our saucy. Let's follow the money. Why don't we get into uh, our newly titled Lions Fans Anonymous? <laughs> I love that. Let's go, All right, Al. Um, Lions coming off a 28-19 uh, loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Here's uh, here's how I'm feeling about about that yeah. that loss. Lay it on me. <laughs> I don't want to play too much more because of copyright issues, but yeah, I'm gonna um, give that as a draft. It'll be good. Uh, that is <laughs> that's really good, actually. Um, you know, I don't feel much pain. Uh, yeah, 20, 28-19. I mean, that that game went exactly how I thought it would. Well, not entirely true. Like, we, we stuck around, and I, I I was saying all week, man, it, it's going to be closer than what people think. Well, I – okay. we're not going to win. All right. Let me, let me course correct that statement a little bit because I, I think that on the podcast last week, I think we were very much like Sean McVay is going to cook up Jared Goff a little recipe, oh, yeah. and it's going to be an epic disaster meltdown where he possibly gets benched for David Blau sort of game. True. And Stafford torches everyone. I think the sentiment that you had where you said it's not going to be – or it's going to be a closer game than people think it is, I think that kind of came later in the week, a little bit off the show. I think you kind of pivoted your thinking a little bit, which is this is fine. But just for the consistency uh, yeah. of the show, I have to I suppose that is true because I wasn't in agreement that Sean McVay was going to come for Goff's head. But you know my theory. You know my theory that's going on currently. Uh, the Lions uh, will have one game where they play a team that they have absolutely no business being with, uh, and they'll play them close, and it'll be a close game. You know, they lose to the Rams by nine points, almost one possession, and then they come out, and all the media is like, oh, they're the scrappy, they're a scrappy team. You better yeah. watch out for them. Yeah. And then uh, they go out and they lay an absolute dud, and everybody goes, "All right, well, they're the Lions. What do you expect?" Yeah, I mean, it was it was the most typical um, SOL kind of game where it's just like they do this thing where they give everybody hope for about a quarter and a half, and they actually looked impressive. I don't know if I ever literally ever had hope that we would win that game. Well, even to just the common person watching, I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. the Lions are up against the Rams, and Matthew Stafford was not dunking on them the second that he got the ball and they True. were creative and they made a lot of like interesting plays to keep them in the game. And like, that's, you know, that gives people watching the game. Oh shit. Why is he maybe, maybe they had a chance. And by the end of it, it's like, it's, like, yeah. it's close, but not really. Like and, there was like, yeah. I don't know. There's just really never a doubt. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think for a second. Like, there was points where they were up, and I just were, I was just like saying to myself, I'm just going to enjoy this. Yeah. Because they're up against the Rams, and I didn't think we'd even get that. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, Al, I also I wanted to start out um, the this segment a certain way, and totally forgot that I wanted to do it. Let's clap it up for our defense, man. I mean, they played their freaking hearts out on Sunday. Jerry they, Jacobs looked really good. You know, besides that garbage penalty, that but. dude, that one drive was a huge turning point, and it was a garbage, garbage, garbage. It was such a lion's flag, man. It yeah. really ticked me off. Yeah. Um. You know, in so, you know, Jerry Jacobs gets that pass interference call. Um, on third and five, it was basically a stop. Uh, Lions were going to get the ball back, I think, up 10. It was either 10 nothing or 10-3. I think it was 10. Or maybe it was even 13-3. to three. Yeah, that's, that's not about right. It was something around there. We I think we either had like a solid touchdown lead or a two-possession lead at that point. Uh, and then they give that they give that bogus pass interference call. Lions – or uh, sorry, jeez. Uh, Rams go down the field. He makes he, – he gets burnt on another play with Cooper Cup. And then he gives up a touchdown to Van Jefferson, Vance Jefferson. Van, Van Jefferson. Is it Van? Yeah. Okay. Van Jefferson. He plays it perfectly. He plays it to his best ability. Jefferson just made a great play. Yeah. You know? And Stafford made a great throw. Yeah. So um, that was definitely a turning point in the game. Um, Hawks holding call was a, a turning point in the game that actually killed our drive. I think our third drive. Um and let's see. I feel like penalties in this game in general just like really more so than lately, like really hurt us. Um, no, no, those are the only two that I took down. Um, love the fighting from the team on Sunday, though. Even your boy uh, Anzalone uh, had had a nice day. I, I've been cursing this man's name all season, man. He really showed up. He had a, he had a very good game. Very good game for Anzalone. He made a huge stop on third and one that at least gave us a chance. Um, not much of a chance, but a chance. Um, I, I think that they contained Cooper Cup about to a reasonable level. I, I mean, mean, he yeah. still had two touchdowns. And 156 yards. But he's the best wide receiver in the NFL yeah. right now. I mean, they – I mean, he had, he had half of Stafford's yards. So, I mean, like, you can only slow him down so much, but yeah. – you know, they they made Stafford pay on a couple of plays. Like the defense was sending creative blitzes that like made them they made them punt. Yeah, we really should be giving the shout out and the clapping here. We should be giving that to the special teams yesterday. Uh, special teams too. was very good too because then the play calling was play calling really was, ballsy yeah. and like the execution on pretty the much every every single one was flawless. Great. I mean, they the onside kick. The onside kick was phenomenal, and like there was that fake punt the second time that they faked it on fourth the, down. Yeah, the direct snap, which is which is my my most actually loathed drive of the game, in all honesty. But that play was executed super well, and you could see Sean McVay over on the sidelines screaming and biting his upper lip, and he was all yeah. pissed off. And the Lions were getting away with one, which made me chuckle. But the reason I think it was the worst drive of the game is because on that drive. They're about to get a delay of game penalty, and the Lions are. It's like it second, it's, it's like second down, second and ten, and, Go- and, and Goff Goff got sacked in the play before. They're trying to you know get up to the line and get something going, and they're going to get a delay of game. So Dan Campbell in the second half calls a timeout early 
And I was like, no, what are you doing? So this is a game where it's close and you're going to need every single time that you can get. And they end up, you know, getting the fourth down. They do go forward and get it. Great. It was a nice conversion. And they go all the way up the field and they get practically the goal line and they, they don't take the points. It would have given them the lead by a point at the time. And that would have made the end of the game one possession game even better for them. But Dan Campbell goes for it again on fourth down at the goal line. And, and they that's stuff when, Swift. That's when, yeah, that's when. And you know what? That was the other thing. So you wasted a timeout. You came away with no points. And you lost the like the time to take the lead. I mean, yeah. like, that that was my biggest Dan Campbell critique of, of the day. Like, I think he handled pretty much the game about as well as you could have for yeah. the most part. But, like, that drive, man, that just was like, what are you doing? Like, that was, like, just a waste of resources. You come away with nothing. Yeah. And points were sitting there. Yeah. I mean, that drove me nuts. But, I mean, he's done it, he, like, that seems to be the Dan Campbell experience. Well, I like I like the aggressive play calling, but but when the, you have an opportunity to get points, take the points. Yeah, and also don't blow a timeout at the beginning of the second half when it's a it's a super tight margin. Yeah, I mean, like you don't have any margin for error. Like he even talked about in the press conference afterwards. This is the kind of team where you make one two mistakes and you're done. Like Aaron Donald, like got one like one critical sack done. Mm-hmm. Ramsey made a critical pick done yeah like you have no margin for error with this team and that was just the one big one for me that was just like scratching my head and confused but overall i I do like the aggression i do like the the play call and i i think that i think they surprise a lot of people and i think this is part of why people are talking about the lions are the best zero and seven team i've ever seen because they they really are happy bunch they are and they're and they're 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 so much more talent poor than the Los Angeles Rams. If it to even be oh, a ten yeah. point game, I mean eleven point game, I guess. Literally every time, right, every time the announcers say somebody's name, they have to throw the word rookie in front of it. Yeah, because it's literally nothing but rookies in the secondary, except for a warming A. Yeah, I, I I don't know what's more disrespectful to the Lions, like the penalties, the uh, the commentary that we get about the you know, the Lions, oh, or God. the fact that Mark Sanchez was one of the game callers. You know. What the are we doing? whole thing was just so disrespectful. Um, I'm surprised about the Rams in that spot. You put the Rams in a game with Mark Sanchez calling it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was like thinking like preseason, I guess the Colts and 49ers were, was a good game. And uh, on paper, on paper. Well, at this point in the year, you, you would games. think that they would both be, they'd be cooking yeah. right now. But. The same thing with the Saints and Seahawks. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, but I mean, like maybe put that one on a Thursday night. Like I don't know. Like maybe flex this stuff when you know Geno Smith and the Saints, the lackluster Saints are going to be playing. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, like to give us freaking Mark Sanchez was so felt so disrespectful to everybody watching that game. I mean, Mark Sanchez was that his first game he ever called for think, crying out loud? I don't think so. But. What an absolute buffoon that white man was on the mic. So I wanted to ask, because uh, I know how I felt about it, but how quickly did the uh, the gushy feelings for Matthew Stafford dissipate for you in the game? Because for me, I, I was kind of like, it was weird watching him throw balls against the Lions for a little bit and then get touched down. I was like, it was it was nice, but I mean, a couple of plays later, maybe a couple of drives later, I was like literally like yelling, get him, sack him, and like yelling at him. And like my, my fiance is like, you're yelling at Stafford. I'm like, I, know. I don't care. Like I was rooting I, for the Lions. You know, like I'm a Lions fan. You know, yeah. like I, at the end of the day, 
it really does feel like Matthew Stafford just wants to move on from that part of his career. I, I don't know because I mean, like, I haven't watched although, any actually, of the, any of like the videos of him going up to old teammates. So I didn't watch any of that. Uh, like, I'm a little bit behind on that, but I, I say that I say that because, and now that now that I'm thinking about it, probably not actually. Um, he was probably just really sick of everybody freaking asking him. What's it like going going to play against your team? What's it like going to punch against the Lions? I hope he's not that sick of it because he's never done it before. I mean, yeah. I what do you mean? Like, you know, after the game, he goes, uh, you know, I'm just really happy to have this game behind me. You know, the guy just wants to go out there and play football. You know, like he, yeah. he's sick of the narrative around it. And, uh, you know, he's probably sick of hearing about Goff and McVay and that I'm, I'm sick narrative. Of, I'm sick of bullshit commentary being like, uh, being like, you know, it's so good that Stafford finally has a home that appreciates him. Yeah, and, and I mean, Mark like Sanchez so sick of it. Put a sock in it, my guy. <laughs> Literally, like, it's like, well, no, we meant from the national media. No, no, you didn't. You in the teeth? Like, God Almighty! I mean, he was he was truly, truly unbearable throughout that game. Hey, speaking of unbearable, uh, I think Jared Goff was pretty much unbearable in this game. Uh, to be honest. <sighs> I don't know. He finishes the game with a touchdown and two interceptions uh, and a decent completion percentage, but that's never really a problem with him because he throws the ball four yards every play. Yeah, And, you know, he has Cleef Raymond and he has whoever else. To, Come on, Ra. Besides Geronimo Allison was back in this game. For, I think it was his first game that I noticed him as a Lion since yeah. he's been here under contract, but... He's, I know he's got little to work with, and I know he's going against a great defense, but, like, my God, I just I was so nauseated watching this week. And maybe it's just because I got a bad taste in my mouth in the last couple games I've seen of him just to see Stafford on the other side just out there slinging it and, and, and destroying, you know, with every throw. Like just yeah. the accuracy with every throw is unreal. Like, just watching Goff be super timid, not making throws down the field, throwing turnovers – we already know this year has been a bad year for fumbles and stuff. I don't know, man. I just like I've just, I've just seen enough. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Um, the playbook has been dumbed down tremendously in terms of the passing game. Uh, tremendously, like the play calls. Like it's not like he's checking it down every play. They're running screens almost every other play. You know, yeah, like, and he has to throw like that's the read. Even his touchdown throw, I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't really give him that much credit. No, because I mean, he was swift. He was under pressure, and he got rid of it, which was good because he was like he was about to get sacked, and he got rid of it at a good time. But Swift made the play. I Swift mean, took Swift it from the, the line that, of scrimmage to the end zone. Yeah, that was all yeah. DeAndre Swift, which is why there's a touchdown pass. And we that can't be the normal. That kids can't. So my thing, my thing is, you know, so obviously the play calling is not great. Okay, so why is the play calling not great? Is it because Jared Goff can't throw the ball downfield? Which I do think that he struggles doing that. I don't think he's great at doing it. But we've seen that he can't complete those passes. Two, or is it B, or is it a mixture of A and B, which I think it is, this wide receiver group just can't get it together. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it for sure. And so, like, you know, all the reports, we were talking about it last night, all the reports are coming out. Or some reports are coming out that like you know the right the wide receivers are not running the the right routes. Yeah, you know? that's and frustrating. Like, that's frustrating. It's it's hard to know if, whether it's a playbook issue or whether it's an issue, like an issue where 
receivers just see this as a lost cause for their freelancing and just do yeah. what they think is best. Yeah. And like, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase work so well, not only because Joe Burrow, it's purely because Joe Burrow has all the trust in the world with Jamar Chase. Well, Joe Burrow is also much better than Jer- Jared Goff. Absolutely. Jared Jamar Goff. Chase is better than all our wide receivers. But what I'm saying is, you know, the reason that that connection works so much better than, you know, I don't know, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, you know, like there, there is an established trust between those two. They know each other's cadence. They know like when to drop step and like when to, you know, how, how Jamar's coming out of the route. Like they know how all that stuff works with each other. Jared Goff obviously has no chemistry with these wide receivers whatsoever, except maybe Cleef Raymond. I just don't know what the plan is now because like now, now we're looking at the season from a halfway point and unfortunately with the lions, we kind of have to look at a little bit longer road here. We got to look oh, at next yeah. year's draft. We got to look at next year. And like the reports are already coming out. The next year's QB draft quest ain't in. That's no. not going to be good. And if that means that we got to deal with Jared Goff for another season while we have maybe a later round prospect QB, because I, I don't want them to take QB in the first round if it's a dud class. I mean, I don't want that to happen. I, if Brad Holmes is, you know, done his homework on someone and really believes in them, sure, I can be convinced. But right now, it's not seeming like that's going to happen. And I've, I've already seen enough to know that this this ain't going to work. And just to think that we're going to have another season of this is just like making me want to throw up my mouth a little bit. Well, here's my thing, you know, like Campbell came out and said, you know, we can't fully evaluate him because we don't, we really haven't put that much around him. Well, he also said that being said, he needs to step up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, which I feel like he did in this game compared to last week. I feel like, like compared to the Bengals game, he did have a better game. Yeah. And I, again, I don't feel like bring in some actual free agents draft a wide receiver that high, like bring some targets in for this guy. And then let's truly see what we have with him. Well, I would do that. And I would also bring in competition. I mean, because sure, the fact of the matter is right now we can't bench him because we have David Blau and no, nothing against the guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, we've been talking about, he's had a nice little summer here, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he's earned a backup job. I mean, he fought to get a backup job. He's, fighting from third string to second string. He's not a starting caliber quarterback. No. I don't think he would be much of an upgrade from Goff, if any. No. He'd probably take more chances because you only get one shot at this sort of thing. But, oh, yeah. You know, the, the arm talent's not there. No. And we need to have someone who's behind Goff who, like, pull a little fire under his butt. And it's not going to happen this year. So it's, it's no. it sucks that we're at the halfway point. We're kind of just talking about what next year's prospects are looking like. Yeah. But, I mean, like – the reason I feel like we're now able to say this is because I don't know, like this defense does seem to be turning over a new leaf. Yeah, man. I I'm much more encouraged by a game like this with them. And they've had a couple games this year where the defense has like done enough to hang in there with like, that Vikings game yeah. is really good. Like they've had games where the defense has like overproduced for the, the talent that they have. Yeah. It's purely offensive problems. And you, you know, maybe the Bengals are just a second half team. But we held them to 10 points in the first half. They scored 41 on the Ravens. We gave up 17, 19 points to the Ravens. You know, like, they've they've really turned it around with the defense Well, e- even in that game, I mean, yeah, the score got, kind of got out of control in the second half. But the problem was that, the again, the offense wasn't producing. So, it's exactly, like you can't yeah. expect them to get up again and again and again. And it's like 
Oh, turnover. Oh, That's punt. Exactly what happened with the game on Sunday. Like, you know, like our, our defense kept making plays in the second half and kept opening the door up for the offense. And then, you know, like we go down and we don't convert on fourth and one. And then you're like, oh, well, shit. All right, guys, let's get back out there. They go out, they stop Stafford on fourth and two. Like they, they stopped the Rams on a, on a fourth down play, which is insane. Julio Cora made one hell of a play, man. It was insane. He, he, no look, batted the ball down. You know, like it was incredible. Yeah, he's, he's had a nice two, two, three weeks here. And amazing. It's like, where has he been all this time? Um, and then Jared Goff throws a pick in the end zone to Jalen right. Ramsey. Right. In, you know? in like triple coverage, which in I don't triple know what he was thinking on the throw. It's like the offense is just breaking those defenses back week after week, you know. Do you uh do you have anything else you want to say about the Rams game here? Because I do I do have sort of a uh I kinda like last last week on my soapbox a little bit and having a little Lions State of the Union address, and I kinda have a similar one for this week. Okay, absolutely. But if you have anything else to close nope. out this Rams game. I feel like I left it right there at a good part. All right, perfect. Uh so here's my soapbox lions moment this week. Okay. Uh if you're Brad Holmes. Right now, halfway through the season, you're 0-7, maybe looking at 0-8. I, I would say after next week, it's really important to, to decide this stuff because if you're 0-8, you're against the Eagles, you're you're in big trouble going into bye week. Mm-hmm. You're Brad Holmes. What are you doing if we go 0-8 right now to try and have the second half of the season culminate in at least a win? Because you cannot be Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell in year one and go 0-17. No. This city will not – it will not work. And mm-hmm. I, I think anyone who knows football, I think anyone who knows the Lions, like, really, they understand what, this is a process and this is where we're at right now. We're in the basement. But but average well, Lions gotta, fan – Imagine how many people are not like that. Ticket sales. I mean, you, there's yeah. – you just – you can't do this again. No. In, especially in year one. When you're trying to build momentum, you have to get a win or two. Yeah. So if you're Brad Holmes, what moves are you making at the bye week, assuming you're 0-8, to make sure that you get a win or two? Because you have to do something. Yeah, at this point you really do. I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if it's getting more receivers. I don't know if it's adding more defensive pieces via free agency. But you have to change something. You can't do the same roster for the rest of the year, especially with all the injuries sustained. Yeah. So that's my question. To Lions Nation, what do you do if you're Brad Holmes at the bye week? I mean, great question. For me, I signed two veteran receivers, at least. I don't trade anything. I mean, who's even out there right now? I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> I said Golden Tate last week. Figure it out. But you bring in wide receivers. You bring in a back and quarterback. See if there's any defensive players that maybe just cheat veteran contract just to add someone and help out. Especially at the corner spot. Mm-hmm. I know it's late in the season. I know it's hard to get acclimated to a playbook, but just a little injection of talent, I think that's going to put you over the hump for at least a win. Yeah. I don't think you can go, I don't think you can get a win with this roster right now. I mean, I, I am taking them to beat the Eagles this week, but, you know, I, even saying that, it's, it's going to be a super tight game for them to win. Yeah. <laughs> and the Eagles aren't good either. So. Absolutely. Oh, well, I mean, uh, God, I wish I had an answer for you on that question, but I mean, that is a loaded question. Absolutely. I mean, what, you got a phone real, you, you got all these resources. What are you doing? You really got to call somebody. And I totally agree with you. You got to shake it up with something, 
something, man. Bring somebody in. Because Dan Campbell's doing everything he can with what he's got. Oh, 100%. And he, he is not the problem. The problem is the perception of Dan Campbell is going to be torched if he goes 0-17. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I feel like this – there, you know, there's no such thing as a moral victory in the NFL. No. Like, they, they lost. You know, but – it, I feel like this game really kind of got uh, a monkey off Dan Campbell's back, you know. Yeah, like but, he, but it he did. It should, didn't. In the end, it didn't. I mean, like they it lost, helped, and it helps. It gives a lot of credibility. They didn't yeah. get slapped. Yeah, they didn't get slapped, and this guy literally pulled out every single play in the book. Yeah, you know, like he literally did everything in his power to put these guys in a position to win. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's the players. Like they just didn't make the plays, you know. It's it's not it's not the talent level is not no equal. no nowhere near there. You know, the one thing that uh, the other thing that I really want to just go back on with um, the Rams game that fourth and one, I don't understand why they didn't have Jamal Williams in there at running back. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean they they ju- they just ran up the middle with Swift like a play ago. Yeah. They just did that to Swift, and they they rushed it too, which was also really questionable. I don't know, like if you're trying to like try to catch the Rams, the six and one Rams off guard, yeah, like which you're not going to do. They weren't going to fall for it again. No, and, and so maybe on the special teams you could fake them out, but Aaron Donald, not the, the defense, line, man. You're not, not going to you're not going to get them. So I was a bit foolish on their part. Any uh, any thoughts on the Eagles game? I mean, I, I, we're going to recap it, but, you know, just to going into uh, it. Like I said, I, I, I got to keep believing here. I got I got to believe they can get a win. And this this is one of the few opportunities left, I feel like. This is one of the few opportunities, and I do believe that they could do it. But at the same time, this is literally what the story has been all, all year. I know. We have a good game against a team that we had no business being in the room with. And then the media jumps on our back, and then we go out there and we lay an absolute egg of a game. Just because I, I have to fight for this game, I'm, I'm going to throw one counter out there to that. Okay. That being that last time this happened, so they put up a good effort against the Vikings. They almost won. They came really close. And then, we, and then the Bengals come home, and we're thinking, this is it. Off. This is it. Yeah. But the Bengals now are being talked about like a legit contender team. Right. So they're actually a good team. They weren't a stinker. The Eagles are a stinker. They are. I mean, let's they are be a stinker. Frank. They have like two mean, wins. Yeah, I, two more than us. Yeah, but we're no, no, we're no, an expansion man. team at this point. I mean, our, our roster <laughs> is an expansion that is, team. That is incredible. Wow. And the Eagles are actually a NFL roster with actual talent. And I guess, man, I don't know. I I don't know about Jalen Hurts, but yeah, I just this this is this is it. I mean, I, if we can't win this game, I don't know what we can win. I really don't. I really don't either. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. I it's think the Chicago time. game could be possible. Um, well, it wasn't last time. Yeah, but that. I mean, we had what two or one freak play, and then another fumble, and then I think a stop on downs. You know, uh, we had three red zone possessions with no points. I don't think that's going to happen again. Knock on wood. Pray to God. Um, but I. I think we're gonna get trounced. I think we are. I keep keep the hope. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not gonna get my hopes up with this one. I don't know. Well, unfortunately, I don't. You know, I don't blame yeah. you for that either. But mainly at this point, man, I just 
it's like I'm saying, they, these two can't survive an own 17 season. No. And I'm rooting for them because I think they're doing a good job so far. I really do. Like, I think Dan Campbell's doing a good job on the whole. I think Brad Holmes has done a pretty good job of drafting and doing GM stuff in the offseason. I think his failure to address the wide receiver position at this point is a little frustrating. Yeah. But, and maybe the backup quarterback situation. But, like, for the most part, I'm pretty happy with Brad Holmes and I want to give them a legitimate shot. They're not going to survive old 17. Would love to see at least one move from Brad Holmes before they does something. Something. And I guess just one more thing, then we'll, we'll close the show out here. But being that this is probably going to be the last show we do before the trade deadline, I think. We'll um, we might record it uh, either what, the first or yeah, the second. Halloween's yeah. Saturday, yeah. so it's the second. Yeah. Second we'll probably record it the second or the third. Yeah. So. Well, that being said, I think uh, watch Taylor Decker, folks. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm, guy throws that one out there. Watch right. Taylor Decker. Let's uh, let's close the show up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, no fantasy segment this week. Lions segment went a little bit long, uh, but be sure to join us here next week once more uh, as we, we celebrate the Lions' first win. Wow, he's going after it. Or eighth loss. Or eighth loss. Uh, we know we both know where we stand on it. Um, but yeah, no, join us back here next week. Uh, give us a follow on TikTok. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow on YouTube. A little dead right now, but yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, TikTok's active. We're uh, active. We're we're two working men. So yeah, cut us some slack, will you? Um, maybe get the views up. Maybe the content will follow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you uh, for listening. And uh, I'm going to go lock in a parlay on DraftKings. So there you go. Peace out. All right.